What's up, everybody? Cody DeQuisto here, and welcome back to the DeQuisto Series Podcast. We got a good one on deck today. I'm sitting down with the old man, and we're doing a deep dive into thermals. But not just thermals. A few key elements about thermals that you may not know, and how to use those to your advantage in consistently killing whitetails. I kind of pride myself on over the years have been mastering that wind and the thermals. I think it's the game. Uh, it's the thing that seals the deal. The guy that figures that out basically um, can have his way with whitetail. And um, but I'm to the old school of thought that there's not much you can do about sun control. Uh, I mean, obviously you can maintain it, reduce it as much as you can, but empowering yourself and utilizing the wind and the thermals and putting yourself a position where a deer cannot get any inclination you're there is, is where it's at. And the wind is an easy one to do, uh, but even to this date, thermals will kick my ass and we'll talk about the reason why. Um, as we delve into this a little bit deeper. So um, that's kind of the reason why I want to do start it off with a thermal. I thought it'd be a good one to um, guys to think about next year uh, in their setups. Um, think about how you can utilize those thermals a little better. So my train of thought is um, I go at it where I think of it as where do I want my scent to end up? And that's kind of how I... Uh, um, figure out a sit. That's why I'll go to a spot sometimes and I'll sit there and it might take me two hours to set a stand site if it's a preset because I'm constantly thinking about all the different things that can happen, times, um, maybe there's canyon walls or um, thermals that will take over. So it's a, uh, it's a real in-depth thought for a setup. Um, so let's dive into, obviously, uh, uh, you've learned over the years to work the thermals to your advantage. Um, and sometimes you could utilize them to what seems to be the wrong wind and the wrong spot. Uh, use the them to your advantage where you can have them going over the top of deer, um, going down a draw and literally turning corners your scent. So, um, yeah. So to get a little bit more <clears throat> fine tuned with this before we get into tactics and stuff like that. So let's just kind of, um, because we're, we're skipping over it a little bit. So I still think there's guys out there that are going to be like, okay, like I, I think I know what thermals are and I don't, because I get a lot of questions. They, everybody knows my take on scent control and it's, it's, you know, we kind of got the same, same take. I mean, it, it's not that we completely throw it out of the window, but knowing and utilizing wind and thermals is way better to your advantage than, than doing any sort of scent ritual. So but I always say, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you, you play the wind, right? Like, it's all about playing the wind. And, and like you mentioned before, um, I kind of add to that. Like, yes, wind and understanding thermals is huge. Okay, with so, so do you play the wind and then the thermals? Um, I play the thermals and then the wind kind of. So we utilize them both. It, yeah, and utilize them. But, but now, like I said, talking um, in sense of somebody who doesn't understand what they are. So... You're gonna get you're gonna get scent molecules that are in the atmosphere in the air, right? Um, that are going to uh, either raise up 
and so this is so when we start to talk about this, this is actually your scent, right? So as you're sitting there, your scent is coming off your body. Wind pushes it off its off your body. You're leaving it behind when you walk, and and um, uh, as air warms, um, these would you call them molecules or yeah, molecules. Or, or whatever these uh, your scent particles are called, right? Stench. Yeah. So um, as air warms and you know in heat that those will rise and then as air cools they fall so that's i guess the general concept of thermal but where it's important is do you want to add something yeah so it's the air that's doing that yeah. and your molecules are, are basically in, in the air trapped yeah. into the so, air so this is and that's what's important to know about thermals is this is happening all the time um even when your scent is not introduced into it this is you can look out in a field and and know that that's happening once you understand this um uh, and so if you subject your scent to that, then you got to start to think that's where it's a deeper, it's a deeper, it's a deeper game than a lot of people think because they think, okay, I'm sitting here, the wind is blowing North or blowing from the North, you know, I have a North wind and you know, they look and they think their scent is just getting blown and it's gone. And that's the end of the, the equation. And it's really not because there's also thermals at play there too. And, um, they're, they're at play in every scenario sometimes they are you know have a greater force uh certain times of the day um give a general give a general breakdown on your on your rising and your falling just so people know when, before we get into this okay so that mainly that happens in the morning and evening people have it in their head but it actually happens midday um and it's more intense the steeper the grade uh, i mean you go out anyways it's hundred out west um your thermal switch for the day and it's a hurricane it's an easy force to manipulate and to control. In the Midwest, more rolling hills, flatter ground, it's less of an issue, but it's it's become more of an issue for me over, over the years, and I'll explain that in a little bit. So um, uh, I guess what I'm saying is that even in the middle of the day, there's some thermals that will be rising and falling when normally most of them are going up. There's areas of shade. There's areas next to uh, water that those thermals will be doing opposite things. So you, you just take all this in account in your setups, and you could utilize it and, at your advantage. And to add to that, right, so there's also times in which uh, the rising thermals will affect the falling thermals in a, in a given area, and it's all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, And it's all a matter of um, you know where your scent is ending up, I'll give you a perfect example, yeah, too. I was just about to say, so let's let's talk through an example just to get kind of people a, a visual of, um, uh, and not necessarily a in-depth like we're going to get, but let's just, let's just talk about the thermals doing two different things at the same time in relative close proximity, like as you're in a stand. Okay. So you can think about if you're getting in the bottom, uh, their sun's not getting in there um, super early in the morning, going a little higher in a stand, putting you in an area where the sun's hitting first on that tree or in that area, actually will have your scent starting to flow up where the rest of that scent is still on its way down and pushing toward the bottom. So you basically could get, um, the higher you can get in them bottoms, then you can get away with, uh, you get away with murder if you get the right well, right thing, almost like a chimney effect. And that, that brings up a, a tactic too. Like there's, there's certain areas, and I personally think, um, you know, these... This can, this varies, and I'm sure Dad will have a different thought on this too. But I, I am personally convinced that there's a lot of thermal situations that 
there's really no way to app. I mean, you can take well. There's sometimes there's no way to beat them, but sometimes there's no way to really know until you experience it, um, and you can think about things. But there's there's certain areas where, you know, I I stay away from, or that I'll throw, I'll throw a sit at or hunt, with the anticipation knowing that it's a late morning action spot, and I'll probably be in a really shitty position, like that Early first up. hour of the day. But I'm I'm getting in there because I know what's going to happen. Um, sometimes you can get screwed with that, but that's you know putting that's, yourself in a. So I've I experienced that same thing, and that's where I was getting at with. Uh, so if you're in a situation like that, and you can pick pick a spot where that sun gets to you quickest, it can take that longer timeline of um, that thermal change. You can get the advantage earlier. You're not going to get the whole time. Um, Here's another thing you want to think about. I don't even know if maybe it's too early for that, but always remember that whatever wind or whatever thermals and air goes, there's something behind it to remove it, so it creates a vacuum. Um, so there's always that happening. And like I said, when you get up high and you have all air flowing up and you're sensing there, uh, even though it's dropping down low where it's shady, it, it's almost like a chimney effect, and if you're up high enough in your right position and you're in the sun, everything's darker. It 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 gets that scent up and carries it out, and you become literally invincible in some of these spots if you can find them. And you find them by, like you mentioned, going in, going for broke, constantly checking that wind and experiencing. Sometimes you think you had it figured out, and you go in, and it's like, man, I just you just run into a brick wall. It's not it's not huntable here. Now I got to manipulate the spot different. Yeah, and that can be so. It's important to know that that some people will look at, and this is where, you know, um, you just asked a question a couple minutes ago. I was like, all right, well, do you hunt wind or do you hunt thermal? I think I've over the years become it's second nature to look at a piece of ground and just just those things go through your head as far as how how things are going to move, whether it's going to be uh, an evening sit or a, a morning sit, or you're there midday and. So it definitely all, all I think I would say it always does come down to thermals uh first and first and foremost. Um there's definitely times where But uh, don't you think a lot of guys think wind no, over ice thermals? I, I don't I really don't think I bet I would be willing to say that eighty to ninety percent of people out there don't even have a concept of thermals. They they don't even understand they think they do mm -hmm. because, you know, prime example going on the road show and talking to all these people, a lot of people we get a lot of thermal questions and they just they don't understand and they don't realize that thermals can be as powerful as they as they are um and that they can actually overpower wind mm -hmm. you know which is another topic we we're going to talk about like thermals actually overpowering wind if your wind isn't strong enough and not only that you might have a day where the wind is whipping but as soon you know usually that's gusts mm -hmm. well all of a sudden that gust breaks diminishes it, it, or you get diminishing winds for even 5 minutes your thermals are doing something completely different, or, or you know, those might take over in those uh, slow wind, slow winded times, um, and really, really change what's going on. So, um, so you want to get into what the meats and bones of this are now, or you want to for what's been kicking my ass over the years? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want, if you want to get into that, so, so if you're if you're into the, um, like you said, so you got, let's say you got a thermal movement going on, it's in, the, it's in the. Uh, and these are the worst. It's in the evenings, the ones that really kick you in the ass. Um, and 
temperatures are starting to fall and your air is starting to fall and you got pretty good winds that you feel are overpowering and for short times they do. If you have the mentality to think that that wind and it will overpower, it'll take your scent and blow it a direction consistently. Um, let's say it takes 75% of your molecules and is blowing them out the way you want to go. I believe that small particles, and because of the way I think about deer, I believe deer can smell 2% of your particles there. And this is the one that, that gets me. I put a name to it um, if you want. Uh, and what I call it is thermal creep. And what that is, is that it's a, it's a massive movement of air that's a constant like a glacier. Even though it's slower moving, it's consistent, and all the pushing of other winds and gusts against it will fight it for a little bit, but particles get down into that creep, and they go that direction. So when you set your stand up, look at the grade. Even though it's not a, uh, a big grade, it could be a very uh, slow-moving meadow. That air in the evening when it drops, is 100% going to be going from the top down. So if you can plan your wind direction along with that thermal, phenomenal, but it's very tough to do that. And like you said, you might get away with a consistent wind for a short time, but when that evening starts to settle, winds start to diminish, the creep happens, and it just it's the thing that the big guys get you on. You got the wind in your favor, Everything seems to be good, and all of a sudden, that damn buck just gets a little inclination of something, that 2% molecule in that thermal creep, and it kicks your ass. So that's the thing that's been kicking my ass, and I pay attention to it. Um, but it's tough. It's, there are spots that are I almost deem unhuntable. And how you can cheat that and how you can get away with it, times of year when deer don't pay attention as much, the rut's on, they're chasing, uh, maybe you're well, not that molested of an area. Um, but it's, but, but more importantly, you have to, you have to accommodate for that and you have to know what you're looking it. for. Um, you have to keep in mind of, you know, the lay of the land, how it lays And you know, we had a two hour conversation about this, uh, the other day, just, just BS in which we should have hit the record button on, but it's one of those things where even if, if everything seemingly looks flat, um, it's all going somewhere and you just got to go to that next point because it'll, that creep will be happening across great distances because uh, it's all about it's all on a, a geog um, the geography of the land and 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 where it's low laying. So now, easy you, to read on big you, steep banks. Yeah, well, in some evening, see, but that's where yeah yeah big whole sunny meadows. Um, well, that leads to the that leads to like you know I guess you know what would be a good thing to delve into the next. Now that we've defined the thermal creep, and you know we'll get into in a little bit ways, specific ways on how to how to beat that. Maybe let's go to the next um, next sort of uh, key phrase or next sort of thing that people don't realize is happening. And uh, what should we call this? How about uh, thermal overflow? Yeah, because people like you know these are concepts you won't hear because they they elude a lot of people, and 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 sometimes. Or most of the times, if a guy's out there, he thinks his wind's right, he gets busted, you know, he, he doesn't even realize what happened. So understanding what's happening and why you're getting busted is how you're going to kill more deer. So, um, you know, the, over, the overflow concept is very interesting because it doesn't seem, it seems odd. But, but if you picture it, picture like you're slowly pouring 
water into a, a bowl, right? Uh, and let's just say your stand's on the edge of that bowl. Well, that, that bowl is constantly filling up, you know, all th- throughout a certain amount of time. And I'll let you, you dive into it a little mm-hmm. deeper here. But as it's, you don't realize it's happening, but it's filling and it's filling and it's filling. And then as soon as that, and you might be, be very good as this bowl is filling. And as soon as that starts to overflow, it's like a volcano and it's just and it. And then it starts to even just, just quickly creep, it you know, oozes up for a yeah, while. Um, it, and it's usually at prime time. So there's a perfect example. we got a spot here that anybody will look at this. You got a grade going down toward the bank then a steep drop into the bottoms. You can have the wind in your favor coming off that steep bank. You have the thermals in your favor. It's an evening post and they're dropping, they're they're coming that way. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, this spot is gonna be phenomenal. No way I'm getting busted here. All of a sudden- And and you won't until- Until prime time comes and the big boys come lurking out. And then all of a sudden, you don't even feel it. A lot of times your milkweed don't even see it. There's a slow, you you mentioned it before, an overflow. That whole valley that all that thermal heavy air went down, literally filled up now. From all different angles and all the spots, it's like filling a bowl of water. And now the bowl of water is slowly dripping over the edges. And that will kick your ass 100%. Um, again, that's, you know, and you see the spot and you're like, man, this is just phenomenal, but I just know that prime time it's it's going to fall apart so uh and that happens on a lot of different different areas even without a big a big drawer bowl but here's a perfect that's a perfect example wind in your favor with the thermals hill behind you wind blowing off it how, how could you be not more invincible than that and yeah, then and uh, half last hour or hour your your ass is kicked so and i i specifically remember um sitting on that 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 spot this spot years ago and and um you know experiencing it and then you know trying to then think you know once you once you dive into it and you start to do the math on it and it's you know if if you don't if you're not open-minded like that and you're looking at how this thing is laid out but all the draws are different shapes and and knowing that you almost have to so let's think of a couple couple key um a key kind of Man, I hate to jump around tonight because I know we said before that sometimes an area just it can't be beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and now and you can't think about it all. There's yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah, and you got to do your best. But to whereas like this particular spot, um, I knew that this spot was the spot to hunt. And let's just let's throw a time out there, right? But I remember thinking like that, and I remember thinking, man, this buck ain't gonna be here till this time, you know. So, you know, that's a prime example of where like I that was the. It's the perfect ambush spot at four o'clock, but it, but it's not, but it, it's the wrong choice. So then, you know, you, I was actually stuck. I ended up having to move an entire draw closer to where I thought he was bedded just so I could. So, and I was hunting the same draw at a deeper point. So I'm above now where that draw got a lot deeper. So now I can anticipate maybe that overflow won't happen for another 15, now you're 20 talking minutes. An evening post too, right? Yeah. Evening post. Right. Like, you know, so maybe this won't happen for another 15, 20 minutes. Um, you know, because I got a deeper Valley behind me. Um, it'll take a little bit longer for that to get up there. And plus I'm closer to where he's coming out from where I believe him to be bedded on this travel corridor. So now you got two things in your favor that, you're going to be a little closer to him, so it's going to be a little earlier in the day, and then you're not going to get as much 
or you're not you're gonna beat that that overflow. But um, there's and, and here's the big elephant room too. It all changes with wind speed, uh, direction. There's so many things. A, a new deadfall, you know, wind storm came through and blew some blowdowns in. Um, wind is going to do what it's going to do. And uh, another perfect example is a, uh, had a buck scouted, ripped the shit, big tracks going through, fresh red hot sign. Uh, had stands in areas there before, so I know it's just, it's a done deal. He comes through, he's dead. I never hunted that area on a 20 mile an hour or higher wind. And I chose that because I wanted to get down in the bottoms. It was so, so windy. And I just discovered this year, this spot, after 10 years of hunting that spot, 20 miles an hour and over, forget about it. I just got just hammered left and right when it's normally an invisible spot. So you are not going to know that until you experience it. And now I know it. (laughs) And it's, it's most important that, you're constantly checking these things and you're banking that information because because then you can you know as and i keep i always make the rolodex term but like you keep filling that rolodex with all this information and all this wind knowledge and now you know you know and then you can start to think like all right well what is that 20 mile an hour maybe doing to this spot you know what did you find was it eddying off like a bank was it just coming so quick that it was wrapping around and the point is i have no idea what the 20 mile an hour was doing but you know it's but i will never be in there on anything with a high wind again because and that's and that's a very good point too like sometimes it's just it's like you know i we had that conversation man this was years ago and actually um i was actually doing i tried to do it despite you because you were uh i was spending a lot of time in this bottom and um it it you know a lot of draws can't a lot of draws came together and I knew this was the spot to be to kill this deer. Um, and I was down there a lot. And um, I remember you saying, you, you you mentioned to me numerous times, you're like, I don't know what you're fucking around that bottom for. Like, get, like you, you ain't going to get away with it, you know? And I and I remember just repeat, I, but I was so hell-bent on making it work because you said I, I couldn't or because you said to get out of there. So I was like, no, it's, it's got to happen. But I remember hunting in nine different spots down there. And I, I thought the answer was uh, a certain wind direction that the that would be like perfectly in line with the draw and it would carry it out uh well and this was this was a lot of years ago and then i you know i kind i ended up striking gold when i found out that the opposite wind and it, it didn't matter what the wind was when i was in this spot and if the if the sun was coming up i would get a lift and it, the wind could be blowing straight any which way but i would just get that lift and and I ended up killing a buck down there um, with that lift on that wind. But it, it took so long to figure out. But I was constantly, every stand that I sat in, you know, I was taking note. And I got busted so many times. And I, I you know, It almost, took you nine sits, but now you got a little honey hole that you know about. Well, yeah, and now you I might know might tell about me that. where that spot is and what. And, what, well, what and, <laughs> and, and actually it's the one, um, well, it also, it gives me an idea too now when I'm scouting, especially when I'm going to a, a spot with heavy ridges or if i if i encounter a spot like that i can use that information and then you know be at least closer to the game or know what i can or can't get away with or at least somewhat i mean so let's get back to what you said a about starting point there's 20 percent of guys that are probably advanced hunters out there some of the new guys getting in it's good that you know that and they're smart enough then to start thinking while they're on post and testing the wind direction um and some of them might be too advanced. Uh, there was a post today about 
the guy just starting out and stuff too, doing everything right and thinking he's just doing everything wrong. And there's just, this is, this ain't just an easy cakewalk of a, a deal, just, you know, going in and killing Daler and animals, uh, trying to beat them. But what you said about taking in that bank is that even if you're a mobile hunter and you hunt a spot, instead of sitting on your phone and texting and looking at what's going on on the internet, constantly from sunup to sundown, and, it, and it's different. It's a shake, cloudy day, different, sunny day. Now those spots, you've hunted them long enough that you know if you were ever to come back, man, look at this. We're going to have some cloud cover here to dive in. So, it's, a, it's a key piece, and, you know. And, and here's, a, here's an example with that. So um, I've actually, man, I got a couple of my buddies hate me for this, but I, I set a stand, and I'm a, I'm a low hunter. Um, but there was a particular ridge that I needed that I, that I was obsessed with being able to hunt. And it ended up being seven sticks and three screw ins high. And I kept going and I, you know, I hunted it and I checked. So when I hung this stand, I tried to go there around the time in which I'd be hunting it, which was going to be a morning sit. And I was checking the thermals as I was setting the stand, which is a little after the fact, but I thought it at least give me give me a good idea of what was going on. And I, um, so I was checking it and I ended up having to get way higher. I put all, I only had, you know, two sticks, three screws with me. I had to go back and I got two more sticks, went back to camp, got two more sticks, came back, got even higher. And I had to stand at about five sticks high and I hunted it that next morning thinking I'd be an invincible. And I didn't, it was one of those situations where it was so close it was such a, a, a close transition to food that the action was early and the sun wasn't hitting that ridge yet. So I, you know, the next, so I went in the next morning with two more Which sticks. Which is the worst because now you're sent, higher you go is blowing further off every yeah, direction. Yeah, um, and, but I actually, so to, to, to get away with that early and to have that lift all morning and then to be invincible on this ridge, I needed to be seven sticks high. Um, and that was just a matter of, of, of trying it, mm-hmm. you know, and then checking the wind and seeing, and now I'm, I'm in the money spot on that tree. And I know that whenever, you know, I left that actually there, but I know you can't hunt that ridge with, you know, mm-hmm. lower or I wouldn't and try. Um, the high thing too, we got, uh, we talked about the stands, a couple of sets we have here at 35 feet high. You can't be a mobile hunter and think you're going to run around and make a setup consistently at that kind of height. It's just, those are presets. You kind of get in there. It's a good spot. It's a great spot, but you're not going to be dragging a 35 foot set. In. I mean, I know a few guys who do, but um, it'll wear you out over the yeah, season. Yeah, you, you're, what, you're what dropping what the ball if that's what you're doing. Um, so let's th- let's talk about that bottom again once. Let's talk about a bottom that's a bowl of bottom where there's rims all around you, and it's early in the morning. Thermals are still dropping, and we talked about you pick a little spot or a tree in there. You get up high enough where the sun is hitting that first. Now, when I talked about that vacuum, that air that starts rising up higher in there is pulling up. Everything's pulling down, and it's wanting to drag some more air with it below you. So now, think about it. On every side of your stand, you have falling-type thermals. You're up high enough. You're in the sun area of the air now. That's all rising, and you're literally taking your scent and blowing it up and out. And that's why I love mornings over evening hunts. Not that they could be, it's, there's less to deal with, and everything seems to be working in thermals in your favor. Where in the evening, 
it seems like to me they're all working against you. Um, it, I don't have the problems with uh, with the creep and, that I do. And yeah, and there's the creep. I think would definitely be definitely be more of an evening evening um it's evening, horrible evening problem um and and same thing with with overflow you obviously don't get any overflow in the morning but um and I, I think i told that story about uh in another podcast we did how i learned about that uh um thermals on field edges you wouldn't think perfectly flat ground uh evening pulse where the sun is still hitting you on the edge and and everything's raising and then it gets dark toward the and it's dropping like a rock there. So it's that's happening on dead flat ground and things, and you got to learn them. And then wind direction, um, a deer cracking me, and there's, there's no way you're thinking, that, there's no way that deer got me. And and that's where and it's so, bouncing off. And that's where I, I walls and, that's a good good segue into like, okay, um, there's a perfect example of a, a story. Um, I've told it, I've told it a couple times uh, on the road show because we get specific, uh, um, thermal questions but this is a prime example of how you can having an understanding of thermals and making sure you you look at the ground and what it's doing um and then also with wind and you know you kind of put those together to have the ultimate ambush so um, i'll kind of try and paint a picture for you this is a evening hunt it's a field edge bordering some egg and bordering some some thick timber and um it was a scrape hunt so there was a hot scrape that i wanted to sit that i needed to sit um and i remember thinking you know initially i looked over i I had found this scrape earlier in the day i was looking at the wind for the evening and i remember initially thinking damn the wind ain't right for that for that scrape and and i'm like you know so then i started looking at the map and i'm trying to think of okay where else can i ambush this deer because i i immediately I looked at the wind, and I and I I just kind of I I um I had I picked out a tree and the tree was perfect, but I just said, oh no, the wind ain't right. So I I uh, wrote that off, right? Well, as I'm looking, and I start to look, and there was no other where I could ambush this deer, and I needed and I I needed to hunt that scrape. I was confident with any every bone in my body, he would be back there. Well, then I then I identified um a very small what it was a washout in a hay strip. Uh, and, and, you know, those hay strips typically wash out and they lead to greater cracks or ravines or whatever you would, um, but where the scrape was, this is just a, I mean, it's probably, you know, it'd be a deep mogul if you were driving in a vehicle or, you know, so we're not talking real deep there, but then as you got maybe 30, 40 yards and then maybe 60, 70 to where you hit the, the timber line, it started, maybe it was two feet, and then it just gradually got deep way off in the bottom. And eventually it was a dried up creek bottom. Um, but I started thinking, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a south wind, which is completely the opposite direction. That's blowing right toward the scrape. But it's only six mile an hour or so, seven. I started to think, all right, as that sun goes down, the wind will, you know, probably get even calmer and even if it is six miles an hour i knew that that thermal uh and i was on a down slope anyway there was still a rise in this hill so i knew that i'd get a hard pull so i i i gambled and i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna hunt that all evening um the three or four deer that trickled out um during daylight hours when i had that wind and i was dropping milkweed the whole time 
and I watched it float, and it would literally land right in the bed of that scrape. And and I'm just, you know, I was I was okay with it, just waiting and anticipating. And this is one of those times where I'm like, man, I hope he comes out late, you know, not early. And I got busted twice that night um, by a doe and a small buck that came out prior to him. And as soon as that sun went down, um, or I lost sight of it, maybe about 10 minutes later, you know, you could feel that cold air rush. And I just, I was dropping that milkweed and it went from just floating down, uh, going to that scrape. Uh, and I was watching it, it was going and it all of a sudden just took over and it took a hard right. And then it just followed that crack and it literally rode that crack until I couldn't see it anymore. And I was like, no shit, it worked perfect. You know, not 15 minutes later, that deer came out and got shot right on the scrape right downwind had no idea so um there's a there's a perfect example of what i was talking about with the vacuum yeah up where you were at it was very minimal but think about it's getting more powerful think about that air dropping down a draw and the steeper it gets the further it picks up speed and just like a siphon effect what happens on the backside of that you got a suction off that field that's just pulling that air and it's uh and it's increasing that speed and it's a powerful I think the most powerful of, of sources for, for bow hunters to, to manipulate that. Um, and you, you manipulate it and you got it. And, and that, yeah. And that's a, so that wouldn't be much of a creep, but no, that's not that's, a creep at all. That's, that's a just thermal. That's work just, on a thermal. Yep. That's just, that's having an understanding of thermals and then also, you know, taking that into account when setting up and looking mm-hmm. at wind. So that, that's the whole picture. The creep you know. comes when you're fighting the wind against the thermal. Yeah, that now you think it's overriding and then all of a sudden the yep. the thermal takes over. Yeah, that's and that's a different that's a different story. Um mm-hmm. that's that's something a little harder to fight. Um but for instance, uh let me think. So along with you know, knowing that thermals the steeper you get, the harder they work, but also like that scent dispersal, I don't think anybody none of us really know how quick that happens or how how long it takes um but we do know that the deer's nose is very powerful and whether or not they're like you said they're smelling and i'm sure they get more alerted the more potent the smell is but prime example in in you know i remember hunting that um that road back there on uh on level b in the in the middle of those two like canyons right on the road and having a hammer wind going down that road and just thinking like man i am invincible just because it was just such a steady wind in my face and the the entire um the entire road for i don't know is that five six hundred yards goes down it mm-hmm. just goes downhill yep. so i'm and i'm right in the middle of the road uh, it's an old service road and there's two canyons on the side of it and there's even a, a real steep crack um on this road too and i'm right in the crack so i'm thinking like man my thermals are gonna just they're going to suck down and out of here so damn quick. Well, I had my target buck come off one of these rock ridges, come down and bag me clean. I mean, just clean bust me right on the road. And he was, I don't know, 20 yards ahead of me. And I'm like, there's no, and you know, and I was like, there's no way. How the hell did this happen? Well, you know, I dropped some milkweed after he ran off. Um, and, I watched it and it, it, it went just, the wind took it clear as day down. And I, and right when I like kind of looked away, I seen it coming back up. Like the, the something, something, something about that, that writ. I think what it was, Eddie, I think what it was doing. 
So I'm in the crack. I think that crack was overpowering, and, and that low spot was bringing the thermals to go there, and the wind was pushing it down. When it got, and when then that crack ended, I think it, it eddied around the, the ridge, and then it had to be some sort of backdraft coming up the actual road. Because the, the, the milkweed came the straight the other way. So I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I'd consider that as a creep, more so as just a, I mean, just a, a crazy... I, that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of, I'd call that kind of a creep because it's uh, not nothing that you really see because you've got that big force of stuff going, but there's something going on there that's a lower, slower type of issue, but because your pocket that your scent was filling up in there might have been just going around and around, and slowly a few molecules will get here, and then boom, it gets to their nose. And uh, Again, you, you have to have the mindset of, um, and think of it this way, even if you don't believe it that way, if you think of it that um, you talked about volume of molecules, a deer can smell a huge... A human could smell big volumes. I could yeah, smell yeah. big volumes. I can't pick up little minor pieces. Did you ever see a uh, a deer um, inspecting the way that you walked in and literally sit on a piece of grass that you brushed against and literally take its nose and just smell all around it and tip it and just to take in that minor little thing that you would think they'd never be able to pick up and, and grab it. So that's in the wind. It's in the air. It doesn't spurs. Here's another thing that uh, I think a lot of guys would know, but uh, you think a windy day is going to blow your molecules off and, and get your scent out of there and, and be less of a problem for you. It literally carries more molecules to a deer's nose quicker, and it's the worst shit in the world. So um, if you want to screw up your whole neighbor's land, get on where the wind's blowing over their whole property, keep yours clean, and you'll have deer that are freaking 200 yards away smelling you <laughs> Uh, and creating creating an issue and th that's you know. where so that's where i always i always tell guys that they're getting busted and they don't even know about it um that kind of where that that comes into i mean i've i've watched i've gotten cracked by a deer hundreds i've seen them hundreds of yards away hit yep. a brick wall uh with a stiff wind i mean i just had a stiff wind i was perfect for where i was at um and i'm glassing across giant open crop fields and um just i've seen deer like on a trot hit a wall yeah look straight you know look, look straight, straight over and just and then bug out so and and that's where um you know you have this you have this yin yang effect right so you have a stiff wind blowing more of your particles at a deer's nose at a at a alarming rate alarmingly quicker rate which you would have to think that that their nostrils getting just mm -hmm. overflown i mean it just oh yeah. you know it's just not like, a beeline it as it goes further yeah. it, it cones out so but, it even gets wider than so but then also you know you think of of low wind situations um and you know you might have more of a um more of your scent filling up a certain area versus being gone from that area what well, yeah it doesn't carry as far and the molecules hit the ground first and end up sticking there that's why your evening pulse you know they kind of say low you know an evening high in the morning the higher you go, you go on a 20-foot stand in a tree stand, just picture a 45-degree angle of your scent going how much further it travels at a higher point than if you're lower. It hits the ground quicker, dust out, and you can put your scent and contain it more there. And if you go too high, you're carrying that scent off 
uh, in a bigger, bigger cone, a bigger problem. So, um, something again to think about just in in your sets. And that's where, you know, I mean, I think you would definitely want to let the let the spot dictate the height too. And um, you know, a lot of things get into that. Obviously, more than more than um, thermals and wind, but um, the I think another th- important thing to note is um we we were talking about the um man what was it it was i lost it due to the what due to the um the distance and the speed of their wind travel um no man it was one of those um I don't know. Uh, so if, let's it, say, if, it, if it comes back to me, if it comes back to me, I'll bring it up. But um, we can kind of continue on the on the uh, thermal thermal talk here. So um, again, I'm one of guys that maybe aren't as advanced in it. You know, your your advanced guys that understand all the stuff and are a little ballsy. Uh, don't mind pushing the envelope. I'll manipulate again times of year, uh, October early. Really touchy situation. Deer not moving a lot. Having to get closer. You really got to watch your P's and Q's. But, you know, uh, the rut. Deer not paying attention as much. You might be able to get away with a little bit. But, man, it's the one thing that always has kicked my ass. I've always played the wind to a T. Even worked the thermals. And that freaking creep. Them big guys just get it. Matter of fact, uh, I got a video of your buck this year earlier in the woodlot. Uh, and I got a video of him standing in one spot for 14 minutes and 40-some seconds. He got a little, th- and trust me, I was invincible in the spot I was, uh, perfect. He was so far away, and he's getting little molecules. And, and why he didn't move, he could not tell what direction it was coming from. So he just stood like a laser and just, he wasn't going to make a mistake. He was waiting for something to develop, and then he finally crawled down the uh, the backside of that rim. But um, there's a perfect example. Wind in my favor. It wasn't blowing at him, but because of the draws or whatever it was, raising, uh, uh, and this was a, a morning sit, so there was some thermals probably coming up, and that little bit of a creep, little molecule that got in there, went down the, uh, up the hill, off the side, and to him, he was just, he was just not having it. And that's that's the kind of shit that's been killing me for, uh, last 20 years you beat that you beat the game yeah and them you know especially them them older deer seem to just take it all in and let it come to them um there's uh man yeah they'll like you said they'll sit there and just kind of take it in. and usually um i'm trying to think because the higher <laughs> you know and I, this is something that I've, you know, I've even struggled with too. Like, cause some, sometimes there really is no way to identify it other than to know when that happens. Like you said, you had the lift, you had the lift of that air. It was a morning. Um, and it's not something you can really check for in that time. Like, you know, even if you drop some milkweed, like it, the, the creep is so underlying most of the time that that even yeah, you, don't see it. You, you know even your milkweed won't detect it so it's not like it's something that like you know you go out there like all right i'm trying to figure out what the right. creep is like 
you, you, you just kind of got to, you know, use your thermal knowledge and use those those little things that you do know, know. what's happening. Yeah, know. you have to know that you have to know that that's working and then try and fight it by, you know, um, you know, by kind of the dough spot. I still can't figure it. out what goes on there in the evening post sitting on that wall of pines in there in that corner. The deer will come out. You'll have the one in your favor. They'll come out and literally look 90 degrees up toward uh, the road. You know, the area. And they smell you looking that way. And they're in their minds, they know you are that direction. You're sitting there looking 90 degrees at them and they ain't got a clue you're over there. Where the hell is that scent? How yeah. that comes off the back of the bank, back around and all the way up there, I have no idea, but it does. And and now I know that. So Yeah, and that's a good that's a good example of just having a having to experience something for yourself and then, you know, putting that in the old uh in the old Rolodex. But um do you wanna you want to give a little example, maybe uh, on a on a successful thermal play, um, or yes, yeah, and then um, we can kind of. So, um, playing the wind just like you did on the field edge, the wrong way, knowing that the 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 uh, uh, the amount of wind volume that was whatever six seven miles an hour early. Um, was the wrong way, but knowing the thermal play on that grade of hill was going to take over. And literally, while um, the wind was still blowing that way, the thermal was enough, just so people think about the opposite way, the thermal was enough to take the wind extra molecules and blow it back on me. And I had deer you know, come through that just just didn't have a, have a freaking clue. When you'd have never, ever thought, you're, think, you're thinking that wrong. Well, sometimes you can even like in that situation, you might have even felt the wind on your neck, but the you know with the grade, it was just so strong. Right. Where um, and you're up higher, the thermals probably you know has coming lower to it, and almost was like a um, effect of a, a wind foil on a car or something. You know that that volume of thermal air is taken. The stuff that's dropping on top of it is laying into it and that thermal is taking it under and out and out beyond your soul. And, and I think too, like it's important to know the rate at which that drops is, is crucial. I, I can specifically think of a time, um, years ago I was hunting, uh, a late season food source. So cold, so frigidly cold, uh, probably negative 20 temperature and there's a rock face and it's a sheer rock face and it probably goes down, maybe 20 feet like deer it's in deer cannot get up this it's just it's straight vertical right um and but at the bottom of this rock face there's like this old cut you know like from i don't know ages ago like a logging road but not wide but it's a it's a saddle that these deer use right but it's it's so far on the bottom i know it's suicide to hunt there so i'm hunting the top and this saddle rims around and then it actually climbs up at a nice angle and then it spits out and I got like one 13 yard poke like from where I am and I'm I'm in this tiny little tree growing out of a rock just maybe three or four feet up but in my mind I'm thinking in my mind I'm thinking I'm God because I'm like okay all right I got the wind blowing off this valley I'm so close and I'm so high to this to this um rim I figured all these deer were going to funnel around this logging road and come up and I'd have my pick at any single one of them. And, um, my scent or my, the thermals, uh, like when that took over, 
Um, instead of my wind blowing off uh, and over the bank, it like another rock. It, it, it exactly. It literally. It literally. It was almost like I can watch. I watched it go to the edge and then mm-hmm. like a waterfall, like and hit hit straight down. But there, and the reason that did that is because the rest of the air that started. Now you're thinking, think of a siphon yeah, that yeah. long down there. It's just sucking it's, like a vacuum. And um, and I mean, I couldn't even, it was, I'm watching this deer and I'm thinking in my mind like, oh man, this is perfect. He's going to come right around this. And this is before he got to my actual scent trail or what you'd call it or my path of my scent. And I mean, that deer, there's rock literally to his, his right and then a drop off to his left. And he's walking, He's he, he's got... And as soon as he hit, as soon as he was directly in line with me, that deer hit a wall, spun around, and I literally watched him. He didn't stop sprinting. He he ran. I mean, he got my scent so hard, like it was just a, a took him by surprise. Like it, like yeah, it was like a Tyson punch of scent right to his mm-hmm. to his. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. So it's just it's interesting, but you know, you you got to learn those things and you got to be aware of those things and. Um, uh, and that was an example of like I was I was thinking that like oh yeah I'd I'd be good because of all this thermal drop, and I wasn't anticipating um, that sort of a vacuum. Yeah, and you don't. I think the average guy is probably not thinking about, but just think about. And I never worry about that because I'm setting up for the setup. But think about everything downwind you, through the hardwoods, literally hundreds of yards. There's shit. Nailing you, bugging out, you ain't even got a clue it's freaking happening. But in your head, you should know this is happening. Even though you don't listen or see it, know it's happening and have that as part of your game plan. So it's just all you can do is uh, plan for the best, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think... Or what is it? Plan for the worst, hope for the best, or... I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, so, the creep, man. Yeah, Be I Be conscious think... of the creep. It's out there. Uh, it's the one that's kicking your ass, um, kicking all our asses, and try and manipulate the best you can. Yeah, and you just, can even use the creep to your favor. Again, you use it, you know, make the wind, make the wind your uh, your partner in it. And you'll you'll be more successful. Yep, yep. Um, anything else you want to add to the to the thermal thermal topic or wind direction? Um. Or yeah, both. The, the wind direction. I think a lot of people understand that the wind it blows, it diminishes. It's not a constant. Uh, it might be out in the Dakotas or something, or on a steep ridge in a mountain. Uh, but in the Midwest, with terrain and things, it's it's um, it's an inconsistent part of the component. You got to figure that thermal in with it. I like to think the think the thermals first, and then uh, wind along with it. Um, you know, so. and, and there's, and right there, just kind of thinking of that, there, there could be right there an example of how you could beat the creep. You know, maybe the wind's got to be whipping in this particular spot, or let's say you're in a general flat area and you know, you're playing your creep because you know, looking at a topo, you're going to be a little bit higher mm-hmm. or, or, or let's say you're saying, okay, well I am going to get a creep. I know that I realize that, but maybe I won't hunt that spot. On this day, when there's only a five mile an hour wind, maybe I'll wait till there's an eighteen to twenty. So that's the thing I fall into, and here's what I've discovered on that. Even though it's a big, heavy wind, just think of that constant creep now. And all of a sudden, you get a little diminishing of it, and you get the molecules that actually 
got into the creek that's still moving, even though, again, like, like a glacier, it's a constantly moving thing, slow. And some of the molecules got a little further, uh, dropped to the ground and fell. Uh, some maybe not so far. Some are getting beat off. That little molecule that made but, it there is... And that's what's yeah. important about knowing... You have to also know when that creep is going to start. Because, yeah. you know, if you're... Like, like we talked about before, before that creep starts, you could be invincible. Right. Um, and as long as, you know, and there are... And but in nowadays, evening, it's usually prime time, you know. But, but here's the thing, though. But nowadays, like, you know, with the weather apps being what they are, like, you can get a little bit more of information. Like, it, prime example, we talked about this. It's good. You have a good point there. But I want to let's let's play on that weather app shit. That uh, well, here in the woods and in the timber and the draws yeah. is never freaking right. Yeah, yeah. Your so, north wind is not a north wind where I hunt and, down in draws. And that's that's what I always say about the. That's what's so important about the um, the wind bottle, honestly, or just it, from from when I was little. I mean, I you know maybe it was watching you or whatever, but um, well, I know that's why it was at, at the beginning. Like when my pack consisted, like a couple main yeah, things, like run around with a little, <laughs> the compass was, was, a, was a big thing. And now back then, obviously there wasn't mm-hmm. smartphones, but to this day, a compass is still one of my main things because I've gotten fucked so many times looking on my phone, doing the old figure eight or looking at a map and you can be off. And, and, and more importantly, even if you have a wind, it's not, yeah, so I mean, it's let, not that so this wind stand here. That's set up for a north, traditionally it looks like, uh, and you go in there on a north wind, and you need a northeast to hunt that. Yeah, because yeah. it just it blows different in there. But if you're just looking at your phone and looking at a map, you'd never you would yeah, yeah you're you're, you're, you're screwed. Have. You need to yeah you need to backpedal for that. Yeah. Um, and but, I don't ever again I don't ever do that. I just but don't. now with weather apps, one thing I think you can take advantage of is is things like. Temperature change. Yeah, temperature change. So, like, this is a prime example. We talked about this the other day. Here's a prime example of, like, you might have an awesome morning spot anticipating a nice thermal lift and the sun coming up. Well, all of a sudden, you look at your you look at your phone, and you're having a consistent fall in temperature throughout the morning hours, and it's going to be overcast. That right there will change your, your, yeah, it your might, entire It might only be a couple plan. degrees. Yeah, yeah. I gonna, like a morning that goes from, you know, 20s up to forties and you know, boom, like a yeah. rocket type thing. Yeah. So, it- and, and you know, I've, I've, and I've tried in knowing this, I go in and try and hunt areas, um, just to take notes on things like this. So, you know, I, I think just last week or before I shot, uh, that deer, um, second deer I shot this year, I was in a bottom and I remember, um, well, first of all, I remember hunting that bottom on a, um, a like western facing slope and i was just like I, i'm like what it was just a ball drop i wasn't i, I wasn't thinking I, you know i was like man i should have got over there i was just i was literally in the dark spot of the of the mountain for the entire like until 10 o'clock and i was just I was, for one i was freezing my ass off my my scent you know i was not getting any lift whatsoever um but you know just trying those things. I remember thinking, then I hopped over, had an awesome morning on the other side with more of a lift, never got busted. Well, then I wanted to keep hunting that, but I looked at the, I looked at the, you know, um, the weather app and I'm like, Oh man, the sun's not going to come up. I'm not going to get any, you know, it's actually, it was going, I think it was 5am. It was about like 29 degrees and it was actually going to be like 23 all day. Like it was, it was, so I was think of the depth that you're thinking about all of a sudden. Yeah, a lot some, of guys doing that. I take it even a step further, so I want to be 
This particular stand I want in the sun because I want my thermals, that air there to warm up quicker and go up. Then I'll even set that up and take the advantage that I want that sun and that freaking deer's eye that's traveling out that trail. You yeah. get all of these little things when you start, re- well, I guess, well, you got more, nothing but time to think again on your, po- on your, on your stand. Um, and you can never think it all in or deep out, but the more you do, the more you practice scenarios and the more you remember, which is tough to get a little bit older. You can't remember all these things. I used to be able to remember all those spots. Um, but guys, now you know, uh, you got your phones, you got your things, you got a stand site. Put put some notes in on it. Yeah, it does get pretty easy. Like I believe it or not, like I don't I don't think you do anything still to this day, probably with with a whole lot of phone no. stuff. But people, I actually was I was talking. Um, a buddy of mine gave me um, a link for an Onyx subscription and. Up until a couple of years ago, like I was still printing out. I mean, I would have a little printout of a of where I was going to, but more so in my head, I was using that. And I did notice, especially on bigger pieces of ground, a lot of elevation change and stuff. Like you, you know, th- there are things that'll slip your mind. You know, even as a, a young spry guy like myself, like w- with it, with his all of his mind, <laughs> you know. But too much the, shit on your hand. Yeah, you know. So looking at that though. And making notes and, you know, I mean, I think that... I, I still don't get it because I've looked at maps for decades. And that's all I do is I just look at them and stare at them. And they, they tell me absolutely I'm talking nothing. about being in the timber making notes. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So instead of instead of you uh, going out... on the ground. I'm saying instead of you going out here and scouting and then going back home and looking at that map and knowing that's where you were and marking your location mm-hmm. or even just having that in your head... Oh, you're in there with them. I'm saying being on a piece of ground... Because uh, I used to just print out and have that with me. So yeah. when I found a spot, I could at least correlate it to the map. Now, having the phone, I will say it's, it's pretty, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's pretty it's Maybe pretty you should give me a subscription do. for this yeah, maybe Christmas, I should. you know? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like the Onyx guys here. Something, else to, um, uh, yeah. something so, else to mess with on the tree stand. Um, but, and, well, not on the tree stand. Well, in the but, stand. But, yeah, walking around, um, looking. But that's where, it's a prime example. I even have a couple pins on there. I, I was hunting a river bluff. We talked about this too. So, so Mississippi. This, so the Mississippi. This is here. Before we wrap it up, I know we're getting kind of long, but this, I I would consider my guy. I would consider myself a guy with a very. I I take thermals into account a lot, and I've, you know, I don't think I, you know, when I think about it, like, I started killing more deer when I started thinking more about the closer quarters, uh, more about the thermals, more about all the little pieces. But so having that, that know-how and thinking deep into it, I went to a piece in hunting river bluffs right on the Mississippi river high, very high. I never realized the effect the the vacuum and thermal effect that the river would actually have on this, you know, 800 acre piece of property, a mile. I mean, I was experiencing thermal pulls, like in the mountains, yeah. Like, I mean, literally like west. from like three quarters of a mile as the crow flies from the actual drop off of the bluff of the Mississippi. So, vacuum. Yeah, anything I would hunt on the west end of this property, um, if I could creep up and get to the edge of it, there was there was no touching me because I I constantly had a vacuum of scent going the opposite way. But on the contrary, anything I tried to hunt, even with a perfect wind on the other side. Even with a wind, a consistent wind, that river was pulling so much air. Um, 
in the mornings and in the evenings that I just, it's been the toughest part. It's been the toughest thing for me, you know? So, um, so a lot of them bucks, I think worked at, um, that too, they get down to the bottom with everything dropping 360 degrees. They got scent coming their way. Elk. It was a big one that I learned that in, uh, elk gets in the morning, gets up high on the top of a mountain and the thermals are all coming from every different direction. 360 degrees toward them. I mean, you, you, they're invincible there. So you make your move and you make your setup when they make their move and they make their setup when they got to get out of that safety zone and go to the next ridge or mountain or come up out of that. Let them have the bottom. Like we talked about, you went yeah. down there because a stubborn ass of yard went down and you figured it out, but it yeah. took you nine sits to do it. I will sit and let them have that bottom and then yeah. and, come up out of there. Well, again. and that's where too, like, you know, and we'll get into this more on other podcasts, but like there's a difference, you know, you can you can be an aggressive hunter and preach an aggressive style, but there's also smart calls and, and it sometimes you're just you're screwing up your you're screwing up your stuff and, and it's 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 such a um I mean a, a a shot off the hip or what do you want to call it? Like just a, I mean, it, it's better to leave it because they're leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, there's just a better. I would probably say nine times out of ten, there's always a better option. Like you don't you don't have to you don't always have to get there. The uh, the and, and sometimes there are no other options. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and, and then you just that's why they get big and old, you know. And the big boys stay down there, and and it's uh. Um, yeah. That's why I go back to that. I'm almost tempted to go back to that spot and put that 35 footer back in there. But every time I get up and I was, I swear to God, I'd never hunt it again. But such an invincible area with big buck movement, and they just don't have a clue. Those spots are just gold. Uh, and I have them when they're lower. We got the one on the north side in that big oak. Again, man, it just seems like they, you know, that area heats up right away. It's pulling up. You got the wind blowing off the draw. You got a thermal come to your back. It's like a vacuum there, and it's just, just an amazing spot. I wish all spots were like that. See, but so prime example, like, and and that's where you can still hunt those other spots if you want. You just can't anticipate this this bulletproof feeling, like you know. So I, for instance, um, you know, hanging a lot, and I'm a guy who only takes two sticks with me, so that's not an option. I will not take more than that, right? Just just for Cause I know I'm in, I'm in it for 10 rounds. I ain't trying to, you know, carry all that, but that's where I might, you know, um, identify that draw and maybe, maybe just get in there for the first hour or maybe after I sit my morning sit and I can get in there and I, yeah. And I can move, you know, I can just, you can still hunt them, but hunt them smart knowing what you know. And, um, uh, here's the other thing too. You go, uh, I don't know if you worry about it. I don't worry as much about the buck and those setups as I do the does and smaller things that you're not going to kill coming through early. That's what kind of jags you up. You're ready to go. Um, I did it this year with that. Well, odds are if the buck comes, I'm in, killing you'll that kill deer before, before he gets yeah. to that spot. Yeah, and it was it worked out. You know, perfect, and nothing else came through, and uh, or way earlier one came well, through, busted me and bugged out, and I really didn't give a shit because it. And that's the where game was still on. And that's where high population, high deer densities can can be a, a uh, motherfucker. Oh my god! And and there's a lot of people, you know, depending on what you're hunting, you know, if you're hunting an area that has one deer per square mile, you don't even understand what we're talking about here. You know, usually you're hunt, usually you're hunting, and you're hunting, a, you know, and you're waiting, and, and like you said, and that that one comes and you can capitalize on it when you got to beat 
the, a lot of deer, it becomes a whole different different thing too. Because and and a lot and of when times, you have a spot when you get adult does, other deer coming through, coyotes downwind you that come through and don't have a clue. You are you are golden. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, good, I think that yeah, yeah I think that post. pretty well pretty well covers uh, thermals and and uh, wind direction. Um, you know, tune in next time, and I think we're gonna dive into some advanced scouting tactics. So that'll be the next one. More later.